I was like, does that make you a scruffy turd herder? And he's going, somebody call the ambulance! Somebody <laughs> call the ambulance! Explosion balls. Oh no, balls. not shooting balls. Yay, because that mastery is tasty. Pull around. Stop. What? He's not summoning anybody but me. Friggin' reflecting prism spreads like AIDS. Can we get a Jeeves and then go pee? All us brown classes the same? Venue? Yeah. yeah. If those are like cheap Chinese knockoff savage bloods or something. Yeah. Okay, we're good. It's Jeeves. Oh, take a piss and whatever. Jeeves is killing them. Yeah. I mean, they're disgusting, but they're freaking delicious. It's the smell of fear that's killing them. Damn it, stop changing me. I know girls in this guild that don't transmog as much as you. Hey, Jericho, like my cow? What these fuckers think I do in my off time? This quest is holy. Hi, and welcome to this episode. Oh shit, it's playing again. Look at me. Look at me. Professional. Ha <laughs> ha! Welcome to this episode of Raid Chat. My name is Brent. I'm your host. Uh, with me today, I have two Titans of Terror. First up, we have Marcus. How you doing, man? Hey, doing great. Next up, we have uh, Slim Jim Tim himself. How's it going, brother? What's up, man? All right, so this is episode one, episode zero. I don't know what I'm calling it yet of Raid Chat. Um, a show about World of Warcraft, and uh, I guess you could say it's for, you know, casual core players? I think that's what we classify ourselves as these days, as much as I don't care for the word. Uh, that sound about right to you guys? Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, yeah, because I mean, you know, um, we raid to have fun, but we're all about business when business needs to be done kind of thing but as you hear in the intro um bunch of goofballs really so <laughs> there's that um but so what we're gonna do here is since this is the first episode and we're kind of learning ourselves i kind of got it kind of broke down into a few sections but first what we're gonna do is i'm gonna kind of go around the table here the virtual table if thou will and we will kind of talk about our wow experience and where we come from kind of when we started playing what, what we do kind of in this game and i guess i will go first being uh the long-winded son of a bitch that i am i guess i you could say i started playing around the end of burning crusade um i have mained multiple tunes throughout my career uh probably Started as a hunter, then went resto druid, then went feral druid, then went hunter, feral druid, now warrior. Um, so I've kind of been the warrior maybe the longest. I don't know. I didn't really track my right records on the other characters. Probably it's between uh, warrior and feral druid for sure. Um, I'm locatable as Jericho Scar in game. What about the two of you. Marcus, why don't you go first? What's your sort of WoW history? Well, I really started um, playing the game really seriously um, towards the end of Cataclysm. It's when I uh, actually got attuned to max level, started the whole raiding experience. Um, then pretty much since then, um, I've just mained Prop Paladin. Um, I tanked uh, all of Dragon Soul and then uh, throughout Pandaria and then our great Warlords of Draenor. And now, uh, in Legion, I'm actually going to be um, maining Rhett. Yeah, he's he, he feels a compulsion to, to try and outdo me in everything I do. So he really wants to see that pink above the brown, if you know what I mean. 
So <laughs> we'll move on to uh, Tim. What about you? What's 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 your WoW story? Uh, I started playing WoW about five days into vanilla. I bought the game, uh, rolled my troll warrior, and have been basically playing him since. Uh, usually as a tank, I was uh, a prot warrior all throughout vanilla, doing progression in uh, molten core. Blackwing Lair, AQ40, and I even did a tiny bit of Naxxramas 40 when it was vanilla and insanely hard. Um, and then really the only time I was not playing my Warrior was Burning Crusade when Warriors were kind of really messed up, I guess. And I was on my Paladin healing for most of the raid content there. But uh, other than that, yeah, I've been uh, a Protection Warrior the whole time. And... Uh, Pretty happy with what they did for Legion, and will be continuing to be a protection warrior. Yeah, no, that's 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 awesome. Uh, I'm also pretty happy with where protection warriors are. <laughs> um, but uh, so, what has everybody been up to in WoW this week? Like, uh, you know, we didn't have this is the first show. There's no last week's show to start as like a time frame. So, what have you been up to in WoW recently? We'll start with Tim. What have you been doing recently? Uh, well, I when they put the uh, experience buff I shouldn't say buff but really a fix to all the legion invasions I decided to roll a monk and went from level 1 to 117 hours played this week on a monk and uh, yeah it was it was kind of ridiculous but the most fun I've had this game in several months now uh, you know, um, I I think that's a fair point. Like I I think I said in uh, Guild just the other day, where I was basically doing the same thing for the past week. I've been I had a Death Knight. Um, I've had max level Death Knights in the past on other servers. I can't really afford to transfer them, so I was leveling a new one using the Legion Invasion as sort of a kickoff point, right? And uh, you know, it was getting late. And I'm I'm getting really you know mid to high 90s, and I'm I'm like this is the first time in a while that I've really gotten that one more level urge from WoW, and that's a good thing, right? Um, you know that they they throw something in that really gives you that no, I just got it, just one more, just one more, then just one more. Next thing you know, it's two o'clock in the morning, and you hate yourself, but it all feels good because now you have that max that new max level shiny character to play with the next day. Let's grind more invasions. So, um, Banyu, what have you been up to? Or Marcus? Yes. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a one-trick pony. I stick with my pally. Um, he's all geared up, so uh, I wasn't really doing too many invasions. All right. Um, I've been trying to catch up my legendary ring, so I've been grinding a lot of uh, mythics and just getting some valor in before the new expansion comes around. So you just been kind of doing the same old, same old maintenance thing. You haven't done a whole lot, whole lot new in the past week, have you? No, just trying to tweak my spec here and there, trying to figure out where I can make it better. All right, excellent, excellent. Um, so I do have some news to talk about here. I don't have any fancier uh, drops here, but we have a few things to talk about. They've released another one of the uh, Azeroth Armory bits, so it's the guy that used to do, um, he used to have that show on YouTube, but now it's other people doing it. Oh, crap. Uh, I can't think of the name right now, but his, his name is Tony Swanson, and he's made, he did the Gore, he did Gorehow 
for uh, Warlords of Draenor. But this time, it seems like they really had this guy doing a lot. Because uh, first they released the Doomhammer video, the Warglaze video, and now one for Ashbringer. Now, I haven't had time to... We had to raid tonight, so I haven't had a whole lot of time to watch the Ashbringer one yet. But have you guys watched any of the other ones? I did. I watched... Um, well, I watched Ashbringer and Warglaze. I haven't seen Doomhammer. What about you, Tim? Uh, I haven't watched them yet. I did see a pretty lengthy preview for them at Comic-Con. They showed it at the WoW panel at Comic-Con. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it did look really interesting. It was kind of funny that they said that, like, Doomhammer is such... An, a, really an impossible weapon. Like, no, nobody could possibly one-hand a Doomhammer, even something as powerful as uh, an orc or even a tauren. Like, they just said that like that's an impossible weapon. So it was really hard for them to make that, you know, something realistic. So they're forging Mjolnir. Yeah, and, well, basically this guy, he has he has experience in uh, uh, weaponry for Hollywood and uh, props and all kinds of uh, commercial products. And, you know, like he's done on his... Uh, on his and Man at Arms, thank God, that's the show he used to run. And they've done all sorts of fictional weaponry, including uh, like most famously Cloud's Buster Sword from Final Fantasy VII. But it, you know, in each of these videos, they like there's no way any of these fantasy realm uh, weapons can be made from solid pieces of metal. So they often have to build like a structure and then weld something to the outside and kind of make it. Because without it, like as they say in almost every video, is well, we got to do it this way or else it would weigh half a ton. And uh, even the Warglaves, the dude uh, that's using it has to wield it as a two-handed weapon. So um, it's, it's uh, you know, fantasy weapons, man. What are you going to do? I mean, even considering the weight, a lot of these weapons are not even practical to use. Uh, like a Warglave. How the hell are you supposed to fight something with a Warglave? Better than Azeroth Choppers, yay or nay? Uh, Azeroth Choppers is pretty damn good. I like that. I really enjoyed that. What about you, Tim? I, I do enjoy the the weapons because it is funny to see. Like, yeah, that's impossible. Like, I could never uh, any kind of humanoid sized creature could never possibly pick that up and use it as a weapon. Word. Uh, so, in addition to these Azeroth armory weapons, moving on, uh, we did get confirmation for what patch seven point one is. Now we don't have all the information yet. This is uh, information out of Gamescom that uh, 7.1 would be a return to Karazhan uh, with they what do they call it a mega dungeon. So, you know, be like a five-man. I did see it was mythic only, I think I'm pretty sure is what I saw. So um, it won't be accessible by the group finder at all. So I can't imagine a group finder for a 16-man or whatever stupid, crazy, huge dungeon it's supposed to be. Um... As somebody who raided some of Karazhan, well, that's the way Burning Crusade raiding works. You kind of had to raid Karazhan. But uh, is anybody excited to go back to Karazhan? Uh, well, Ban, you were, you were mostly directed at you, Tim. Are you kind of excited to go back to Karazhan, do some more stuff in there? Oh, yeah. I, I really liked Karazhan. That was a, a fun raid for me. I liked it. Um, it, was, uh, it was a little, I don't know, long, I guess, in its day for a 10-man raid, because, yeah, it was only a 10-man raid back in the day. Like, there was no flexible raiding back then. That's all you could do. And uh, a lot of guilds had to split the raid teams up to uh, be able to do it. So 
But uh, yeah, I'm I'm actually interested in seeing what they're doing to remake it, or if it's going to be, you know, the actual Karazhan, or there's been some rumors that it's like lower Karazhan or something like that. They could. Um, that there's a lot going on underneath Karazhan that was uh, speculation for a long time because you could kind of glitch yourself down there. It's like the upside down sinners room and all these really creepy places. But at the same time, um, we did recently go through Questline in Karazhan um, with Cadgar. So we know that there are things happening currently in the world at Karazhan that could result in us having to go back in and clear it out of defunct you know, security systems and demons and the like. So um, there's no real really telling uh, what we'll be doing. But the biggest news to come out of what's intended for 7.1 is the change to add-ons. Okay, um, I think I was talking before Ray to you guys about a little bit about this, but they're really they're removing any functionality for add-ons that kind of can draw something in 3D space, or um, it's mostly a lot of the on-screen arrows that sort of make things kind of dummy mode, really. So like the one for Rock Chaos in Archimond. Exactly like that, or uh, there's a ton of them now. I don't know if Rage. A range finder will still work or not uh, I didn't really dig that deep into it um, we can't really test test around with it yet because this is breaking news ish um, so but uh, how do you guys think that will affect the rating game Marcus I mean it's definitely going to um, increase the learning curve a bit for people who have uh, trouble um, figuring out those kind of mechanics um, I mean I guess it kind of makes sense. You don't want to have, uh, you know, you don't want to babysit people. Um, they're never going to learn how to do mechanics that way. Yeah. What about you, Tim? Yeah, I really don't have a problem with it. I mean, even like you said, like with Rock Chaos, that's kind of one of the really, you know, recent examples of that where, you know, you have the, the beam between two people and it kind of tells you like, hey, you go here, you go here. And, uh, you know, Blizzard has had in the past like they they, they've said they don't like add-ons to tell you basically go here they they, they've kind of shown that they think that's maybe too far so uh but even in game like there's a beam between people like you can see where you're supposed to go so i really don't have a problem with it uh i do obviously like using add-ons for timers and stuff like that but i don't have a problem with blizzard going you know, like, eh, there, there might be a line where it's actually telling you exactly what to do and where to go. Yeah, and I think that's kind of where they cross the line. Uh, this is not the first time we've seen something like this. Uh, now, it's the first time where it's, like, it doesn't seem as egregious as things in the past used to. Because uh, I recall several add-ons uh, through, uh, I want to say Wrath of the Lich King even, that would draw things on the ground. Like, uh, for Defile on Lich King, like, it would kind of show you where it was going to be before it popped up. Like, it made it as simple as Raid Leader saying, you know, stand in this circle when it pops up. So, I, you know, it's they've they've set precedents for this before. Um, I think this is, you know, taking it a step further. Now, things like, uh, they still want, like, your uh, treasure-seeking add-ons to work. So that's kind of why we haven't seen it yet, why it's being postponed to 7.1, because they don't want to break functionality for things like Handy Notes. Um, so anybody have anything else to add about, about add-on changes? Not really. I mean, I kind of just stick with the DBM and, um, you know, meter damage meters and stuff like that. I'm not a big fancy add-on person. Yeah. And I think for, um, especially long-term raiders, the idea of 
having uh, arrows to point you kind of where to go does feel something like like it's something relatively new and not necessary not necessary when you really think about it like uh you know we should really be able to coordinate two people standing outside the you know the thing or you know there there are ways to develop ball strategy around not having that add-on to do it and honestly things like rock chaos the way that the raid stacks or does x y and z is probably only been established because we do have add-ons to tell us when to get out like i'm sure like there could have been other party formations or something to make that a lot easier (laughs) so um we did get our raid release schedule uh yeah it's had guys had a chance to look at it yep so, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, like that was a a big deal. It's like, okay, like how long do we have before we have to start raiding again? And uh, us as a guild, we did decide to raid as soon as raids are open. Um, that's nothing new for us. Uh, but it is we do. There is a slightly lengthy grace period there because the first uh section, well, not section. Well, the first raid, Emerald Nightmare, opens up Tuesday, September twentieth, which is. Uh, slightly less than a month from when it's three weeks right from when uh legion goes live on tuesday so you know it's three weeks plenty of time uh you get normal and heroic difficulties as normal uh then of course dungeons are open day first uh mythics when server uh when uh, the weekly resets would occur, that's when Mythics would come live. And then the first week of raids will also have access to the Mythic Plus keystones. Um, and then after that, Mythic and First Wing Raid Finder. And then two weeks later, Raid Finder Wing 2. Two weeks later after that, Raid Finder Wing 3. It's kind of, they've kind of developed this formula for releasing raids, if you will, at this point. So, um,. We sh- as long as we know like that first day, we can kind of extrapolate when everything else is going to be released. Uh, so that's basically it. Uh, Legion does go live on Tuesday. You might be listening to this Monday, Tuesday, whenever. But uh, I did step into the beta to confirm that the end of the category quest chain is where you need to be to move on to the Broken Shore. Now, I do have this tidbit of advice because I did have a bit of a hiccup, uh, bug, whatever, where he would not uh, phase to the next stage of the quest without me zoning out and zoning back in. So personally, instead of loading, you know, Legion up when servers go live and having to zone out and zone back in in case he doesn't it doesn't work. I'm just going to park my tunes right outside that new portal to that portal to new Dow. That way I just click into a fresh phase of that area. He's there. I'm good to go. I don't have to even worry about it. I might be five seconds behind the next guy, but in the grand scheme of things that won't really matter. Um, so we did get speaking of invasions and pre-launch events, the evasions are at their max timers. So as we were talking about earlier, the leveling thing is way easy because you can just, you don't have to wait for a next invasion to spawn by the time you make the full circuit. Like sometimes before you even make the entire circuit on the same continent, if you have a shitty group, uh, the rest have spawned. Um, so that, that really helps you with your monk didn't attempt. Oh, yeah, like, I, you know, at this point, people are not even completing the invasions, really. Like, I tried, because I hit 100 on my monk, right? And 
So then I got the quest after the Broken Shore to do an invasion. And it was actually extremely painful to finish it today because they're refreshing so quickly. People are just resetting after phase two because why wouldn't you? The experience is so stupid. You just tag all the mini bosses in phase two, get an entire level, uh, especially if you're in uh, Ashara, you just run in your horde. You just run back in org, reset, and do it again. And just it, within ten minutes, you're just getting a new level like every time. So it, it's kind of ridiculous right now with how how quickly the resets are going. Yeah, and you know, I had a concern early on when I kind of figured out this is the way things were going. It didn't turn out to be a uh, completely un. It, it turned out to be pretty much unfounded. But I was concerned that when all the uh, invasions were live at the same time, that it might be harder to fill up a zone. Um, because when there were fewer, everybody that wanted to do them were kind of funneled into, you know, only a couple places. And now they can kind of go wherever's closest or more convenient for them to go. So I was worried that it would spread people out. It hasn't really uh, showed to be any more of a problem than it was before. Some groups you get are real kind of slow and dumb about things and then other groups are pretty spot on like there was one group that had killed all the spawnable bosses in Ashara like before 80 percent like it might have been 84 percent at most and we had no more bosses to kill zone wide so is it you know like some groups really get it some some don't I didn't ha- I didn't have any problems in phase three uh, not phase three the final phase um in any of my groups but that could have just been you because I can see where people are resetting it I did notice that by um when did I hit 100 on my death night was that Wednesday um or Tuesday Tuesday or Wednesday maybe even Thursday don't really know uh maybe yesterday who knows um but i did notice that there were very few what seemed like max level characters i saw a lot of people running around in heirlooms a lot of people without flying mounts like the 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 ratio of leveling people to max level people was very much in favor of people leveling did you see any of that tim oh yeah everybody's using it to level now like everybody who is level 100 and just trying to get the gear for either transmog or just achievements they're they're finished so yeah it is the lion's share of what you're seeing right now in invasions are people trying to get their characters to level 100 as fast as possible before monday night uh, i wouldn't even say tuesday because like you've got to be done by monday night um and they're just doing that by just resetting which does kind of suck because on my monk i you know, I was just doing full invasions, and when I hit 100, I had like 80 of those boxes to open up, and, you know, it was ridiculous. I went from level, like, 300 gear. I had some really garbage gear, plus my heirlooms, and I think that dude was probably around 710 within seconds of hitting 100. Hey man, can't and you just won't you won't be able to do that now because you just will not be able to finish invasions this weekend. I can't complain, man. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, uh, it's that's that's you know, in, uh, pre-launch events really, you know, at least good ones because the one we got for Draenor was kind of shitty, and the one for Mop was pretty shitty too. I think the last good 
launch event we had was Cataclysm, like that elemental invasion in the cities and then running and doing like those, the last boss in each of those dungeons was fun. I enjoy, I enjoyed that a lot. Probably not as much as the, um, uh, the, the scourge invasion for, uh, wrath of the Lich King or, you know, the opening of the dark portal. And then you had the, uh, event in Anchorage, but like the Cataclysm launch event is probably the last solid pre-launch event we've had. Would you agree? Yeah, that was pretty good. I Yeah, there's there's been some pretty lame uh, pre-launch events. This one is just, it's really good. I mean, everybody's having a ton of fun. They're getting all their alts. They have not touched the whole expansion to 100 to be ready for legion and even like me and other people they're you know getting one more class like hey i can go from one to 100 within a day of playtime so i mean it's been great it's it's just been fun what can you say one of the few times that i did um do the invasions it was nice seeing a couple of low-level druids just spamming their uh their little wrath at the demons and is gr- uh, growing in level so quickly <laughs> yeah no i in uh i think as you know on the whole like you're right it's it's been a ton of fun uh you know it it has seemed in the past year or so um whenever people seem like they're having fun there's some intern at at blizzard freaking out like oh no they're having fun what do we do abort 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 um so it is it is refreshing to just say you know what just let them level to their heart's content let them do whatever the fuck they want and it's been fun. Um, it's good that it's not lasting for a long time because I'll tell you, uh, hitting 100 does feel or does feel a little empty when you hit 100 and you're broke as shit. <laughs> like, because normally you get that nice chunk of change from questing and leveling, and now you're broke, except from what you sell from the um, the boxes. So, chain of love. Yeah. Hey, I wasn't broke in that. Well, that monk man, I wasn't broke because I opened so many boxes. I had. You know, about, I don't know, I don't even know how many copies of the same piece of armor and weapons. And I did luck out. Some of them proc Warforged. So that dude, again, upon hitting 100, all of a sudden is like, hey, here's some 720 gear. Yeah, but it's not nearly as much as if you had leveled from 1 to max level doing quests and dungeons, how much money you would have. Oh, no, that's completely true. Because, yeah, you, you actually get quite a bit from that. So, it's kind of disappointing. We spend like a whole what year and a half grinding gear, and then he did it in seventeen hours, same item level. Yeah, but that's 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 all through any expansion, especially when they put in catch up mechanisms. So I mean, you figure like I mean, if they release new dungeons with better gear, or like you know, we spend the entire you know raid tier trying to get to a point, and then the next raid tier, it's you know, it's like this, you got it, because raid finder has the equivalent of you know level of gear or whatever. So that's nothing new. Um, and I don't necessarily find it a slight to what I do because you do see a lot of that in, in trade chat or general chat or wherever people are talking uh, in public forum about WoW is they get all butthurt like they are entitled to stay, you know, all this gear ahead of people that are catching up to do the new thing. And it's like, no, uh, you should really raid for you know more than one reason. And you raid to have fun, and you raid to get ahead of people, not to stay ahead of people, right? Like, the whole point is not to always be better than the next guy. No, it's to be better or the best fastest. You know what I'm saying? Like, you guys agree with that? Yeah, I can see that. 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the I, people get they do get they get so mad that you 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 hit a new raid tier, and all that mythic gear that they just spent so much time like hundreds of wipes on bosses all of a sudden oh wait lfr has you know equal gear to that and i can kind of see their frustration but on the other hand as someone who raided in vanilla let me tell you it was tough like you would raid molten core and you wanted to go to blackwing lair well if you got new people there's no catch-up mechanism you had to go try to get a blast through rate of molten core and pray that gear dropped for them otherwise there's no catch-up you're either bringing people along who are not geared properly or you're doing old content so for me i'm i'm perfectly okay with once once a, a raid tier is over with you know it's like well there's there's gonna be a catch-up now yeah and i can there's agree. a perfect example of someone who hasn't even seen that kind of content like myself is in a complaint about catch-ups and see, that's and that's that's legit because I mean, uh, as like I said, I come in during Burning Crusade, uh, about the let's say probably the last half of Burning Crusade, um, and then started to want to raid towards the end. But the only way to do it, even this is before the Isle of um, Queldenas, because that's really the first example of like true like kind of catch up mechanism, because before that, you raided, uh, you had to go to Karazhan. And then, you know, that's only 10 people. So then you had to either, A, get a, find a bigger group, or, like, you were in that alt raid of people doing Karazhan, then you had to find, like, see if you could get, like, a main spot. Like, there was just no way to get in with the good. Um, and so, I you know, the people that complain about it, I, I just, like, shoot on you. You just need to stop. Just go sit in your corner, calm down. When you're done crying, come back, and I'll make you a sandwich. So, um... That's so. All right, everybody's done their uh, their Cadgar quests, right? Oh yeah. Yep. So, what did you guys think about that? Like, I thought it was uh, it's a broken shore of the whole thing. Um, and we'll, I mean, it's you know been out a few weeks. We'll go ahead and say spoiler warning if you don't want to be spoiled. Like, uh, skip for a few minutes and then come back or whatever. You know, uh. We're not going to make a habit of spoiling things right when they come out, but it's been out for three weeks now, so it you had plenty of time. Um, so let's go with uh, Marcus first. What did you think of like the Broken Shore and then the follow up Category quests? Um, for uh, for the what is the scenario? Mm-hmm. I thought that scenario was uh, was kind of nice. It was disappointing to see um, what's his name Tyrion Forgering die uh, as a fellow paladin. But, um, you know, such is the way of the game. We lost a couple of racial leaders along the way as well. But, hey, man, you get you get Ashbringer, dog. Like, I mean, I guess that's the sacrifice that uh, we had to make so, to get that beautiful weapon. Yeah, well, I mean, it's... Um, yeah, what about you, Tim? What did you think of Broken Shore? Uh, I thought Broken Shore was really awesome. Uh, and then the... You know, I had played it in beta, but uh, at the very end, there was, you know, for a long time... There was no cinematic. It just like kind of had a placeholder. It says it said PH, and now an extremely badass uh, cutscene shows, and everybody joked about. It. I was like, "Well, what's this cutscene?" And then of course we got the the pre patch went in. And we saw it. I'm like, "Oh, that was a really badass cutscene." Yeah, no, I'm with you. And uh, I would like to say this as a as a as a as a warrior. It's some class pride 
to finally get a cinematic with a warrior doing badass things instead of a hunter or a rogue or a mage or some other or earth jesus or a paladin like like the fact that there's a warrior like being full on warrior is amazing I like how he he, uh, he changed specs. He went from arms with a one-handed weapon that suddenly became fury and uh, just started to mess stuff up. obviously made the wrong choice. You know, I've joked that Varian, if he had just gone prot, he could have been spamming ignore pain for like a month and a half and we could have come got him because like Gul'dan never would have got through his ignore pain shield. I know, and now that you take increased damage when you enrage... Like, the minute he got mad, he was screwed. Like, he was just going to take overwhelming damage. So, it's life. It's warrior life, man. It's rough. But, uh, you know, um, did have you guys seen the Alliance side cinematic by chance? I have not. I have. So, yeah, it's uh, it's different. It does not show uh, all of us, obviously, as Horde players. Uh, we know exactly what happens up there. We, it's in my opinion, it's a trap. Number one, uh, and yeah, I mean, we just get. I mean, everybody gets butchered up there. But yeah, the alliance don't see that, so it just likes the horde is like, yeah, peace out, suckers. Which you know, kind of makes it look the 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 tension of you know the horde is they 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 abandon us in the moment of need when it really wasn't like that. We all just got you know, overwhelmed. And we probably wouldn't have made it off the island if we stayed. And I think it stings more because it's Sylvanas they're dealing with. So you figure, again, uh, Greymane has lost his entire city, right, to um, his home, to Sylvanas and the undead. And here's Varian is in this, this warfront situation putting trust in Sylvanas and then... Gin basically sees her, from at least his point of view, call the retreat and trap him in. So um, I think there will be increased tension, uh, even more so, go between the Worgen and the Undead going forward, or Forsaken, sorry, not all Undead. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely, if you watch that Alliance cinematic, they don't get any of the computer breaking numbers of demons coming out on the horde side of that uh that platform it basically you get to see gebla mechatork be kind of awesome and kind of side shoot a demon in the face while he's crunching numbers and that kind of stuff which i'm pretty sure is the first legitimate in-game cinematic with the gnome so there's also that um and i mean so you just like to the lion's side of the quest it seriously looks like we we fucking leave them and on our side, you know, it's it's we had no choice. Like Thrall was going down, uh, Vol'jin had taken a lethal blow. Like people were hitting the dirt, and so it was a uh, it was a you know get the hell out of here situation. And but at least Varian gets to be badass and that kind of thing. So back to back to uh, King Anduin, like it was in early vanilla. Cause it's so true, yeah. Like he was, he was just a little kid, and he'd click on him, like welcome to Stormwind. Yep. So, uh, there's that. I hear he's pretty broken as a world boss right now too. 
<laughs> like, what is the the achievement for because uh, uh, for the horde one? You have to was it Etrig? You have to fight Etrig. And like, no, isn't it um, it's, right now? It's, it's Sorrowfang. Sorrowfang. That's right. You have to fight Sorrowfang. And they're like, uh, it's kind of like he let you know you abuse him or something crazy dumb like that. Like it's not it's, actually... uh, the, the 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 alliance achievement for killing the orc racial leader is killing Sorrowfang, quote unquote, killing Sorrowfang, and it just says damage High Lord Sorrowfang until he amuses you by pretending to die. Yeah, that's amazing. And oh, that's fantastic. Now I've only done a little bit because I didn't want to spoil myself on the questing experience in beta. I've only done a little bit of the intro. Um a broken short now i don't know if everybody gets to do stuff with sourfang or not but i know i was getting ready to and that could be a warrior thing i don't know but like sourfang is lit this dude's mad so i uh, won't go into that too much but uh i think that's a warrior. yeah i saw that too like it's that's the start of the warrior uh artifact weapon slash class all thing where you go with sourfang i don't know if it's alliance gets that too i'm gonna bet alliance gets to go with him too because i don't know who else they would go with um, who did they, who did they climb, uh, ICC with? Oh, Muradin. And yeah, maybe it's Muradin on the Alliance side. I don't know. No, I haven't tried it. Muradin's the caller now. Wait, isn't that the Bronzebeard that turned into a diamond? Yeah, because now he's, like, he's, like, he's back. He's back. No, that's, that's the dude who used to be the oh, no, you're right. King Magni or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Muradin is, uh, Muradin's still around. I mean, he was the... Actually, the the boss on the Horde side, he's the boss at Gunship Battle, and uh, he's actually kind of the guy who's like the, I don't know, the the, the leader when uh, they attack the Dwarven, the, the Legion invasions on the Dwarven uh, starting zone. Oh, and the cat, uh, what is it, Denmark? Yeah, Denmark. so yeah, he's that's him there. So, I don't know, maybe, maybe the Alliance, uh, they get to fight alongside him. And, I don't know, it makes me want to go find out, because Muradin's pretty badass, especially in Heroes of the Storm. But, um, yeah, so, uh, then after you do the Broken Shore, you kind of, you know, do a few quests with Sylvanas, and you kind of get the whole Demon Hunters being accepted back into the Fold bit, and then you start getting summons from Cadgar to help him, and it's kind of like, uh, the whole thing with Cadgar feels like, let's take you through all the stuff you loved, like this whole expansion feels like anyway, and you take a trip through, um, you go to Dal, that's moved to above Karazhan. You go to Olduwar, where Magni's back. He's a walking crystal, like he's this announcer or caller or forget, something I forget. Uh, and he's kind of sends you on the path to hunt down these pillars of creation. And that's kind of where we're left off. Um, do you guys enjoy following Cadgar around? I don't know. It's become kind of a joke now that Cadgar like is uh, constantly leading you to your death, well, which is, I mean, kind of true. Like it's all these quest lines you need to like progress and everything like that, and get your first, it's your you know legendary ring, uh, and now for this and everything is like, dude, Cadgar, like you're putting me in extreme danger constantly. All right. Well, that's. I still think he's um, he's a Nefarian or whatever, little black prince tricking us rathion i doubt it now rathion had a quest chain that was in beta but it got removed because essentially uh high mountain is the old stomping grounds of the black dragon flight 
So at one point he he shows up there, but then they remove the question because it didn't make a whole lot of sense because you were you know working with somebody and then all of a sudden Rathion. But I'm sure he'll be back around because he had the whole vision and Pandaria. It's like oh Legion's coming. Blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah, that's uh yeah I know from doing it as a prop warrior in uh, beta, that's where you go up that way because the prop warrior shield is one of his uh, scales. Yeah. It's basically your shield is is uh, what's his name Deathwing before he became Deathwing. It's one of his scales. Neltharian. Yeah, there you go. That's an occult of sun. Yeah, well, he's Rathion. Uh, but so I uh, last lore kind of ish question because I don't want to get bogged down too much lore stuff. How do you guys feel about? Well, it's not. It was a revelation with Chronicle. Like we found out in Chronicle, but I don't think either of you guys wrote, read uh, World of Warcraft Chronicles. But you should have found out in the the dialogue in the Khadgar questions that Azeroth is an unborn Titan. I thought that was kind of crazy how it was communicating with um, with Magni there, and um, it kind of brought in the whole thing that he turned into a diamond. I knew he was going to come back eventually, but I, I really didn't expect that. That he'd be communicating with a titan that we live on. What about you, Tim? Yeah, I mean, there's been some things about that, that Azeroth is more than just a planet. It's uh, it's alive, and uh, there's been all, all all kinds of parts, too, especially with the, um, again, in Olduvar, exactly, you go back into uh, what's Algalon's chamber, um, you know, where it was trying to say that the whole planet was corrupted and needed to be destroyed because of old god corruption. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's kind of not surprising that the planet is more than just a planet. It's something alive. Well, all Titans come from planets just to, just to cover that, uh, every Titan that we've ever met or know about, including Sargeras was once, uh, like the world soul of a planet. Um, and not all planets have world souls, so we don't know if Draenor had a world soul or not, but Azeroth does. It's potentially one of the, of course, you know, fantasy trope. It is, uh the most powerful world soul ever found. It uh, was almost corrupted by old gods um, before the Titans discovered it, blah, blah, blah. Just cut it short. I just kind of want to know how you guys uh, felt about it. But, yeah. I think it's cool how they kind of always, like, um, go back and, uh, like, tap their loose ends in their story. Yeah, but I think it's kind of like a fraying rope. Like, for everyone they tie up, uh, like, five more sprout out. So, I mean, you know, um, I think it would be an interesting... I don't know if it's a necessarily a good topic for this show, but definitely um, maybe on another one of my podcasts, it would be an interesting discussion of how um, MMOs, just in general, fit into a... Uh, a narrative gameplay kind of thing like can they be on par as far as storytelling goes with single player experiences can they not why and why not and all that kind of stuff i might that might be an interesting discussion topic someday but but the big news the biggest thing is of course legion's coming on tuesday we're all gonna be there you know three o'clock in the morning our time i have to work that day but i'm a crazy person so i'm gonna be up at 3 a.m. playing until I have to go to work. What about you guys? The servers better be ready. I mean, be been, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you what. Like, we have seen for other games, there have been just terrible launches. Terrible launches. And we know what, what games we're talking about. They just, they I mean, just do not. launch. 
Yeah, they just do not work right away. And Drainer, you know what? There was some problems, but it was up. It worked all night. And there were problems that they, I don't know, kind of stupidly did not figure out, like the horde uh, the, the part where you had to go like look through the spyglass. Yeah. And Blizzard still has not figured out that if you need to like click on an NPC or an item, that people will be jerks and get on their largest mount and just stand on it to you know stop you from clicking on it. But I mean, other than that, it worked all night. I mean, a lot of us were playing until the sun came up that morning. But didn't we have problems with uh, with like uh, the server populations? Like there was a big queue. I remember that. Well, that's not that's not necessarily. Yeah, I mean, that's gonna happen. That's not necessarily the server is not working. That's just everyone that's ever logged onto that server coming back at one time, and it's you know it's life. I mean, that we should be used to. As long as the servers are stable and not crashing and going down, and then you got to wait thirty minutes to get back on and that kind of thing. But yeah, we'll be we'll be there. We'll be playing. Uh, I want to go around the table again uh, and ask you guys, what features in Legion are you most excited about? Um, we'll start with you, Marcus. Uh, what, what, what are you most excited about in Legion? Um, I think one of the coolest things that I saw was um, the professions and how you can kind of change your professions back and forth. Um, and you can retain all of the different recipes that you had in the other profession, too. All right. So profession revamp for Marcus. What about you, Tim? Uh, I'm kind of excited to see what they do about the whole scaling thing, which has been really cool with the, again, with the invasion that basically instead of you do a zone and that's it, you never go back there, you've out-leveled it, um, it just levels throughout the entire expansion for you, and I mean, your your class halls will have quests sending you back there, and at 110, that it'll be 110, so it's kind of cool that I mean, think about every expansion we've ever played. You 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 do a zone, you do a couple zones, and then you do those quests. You basically you just you never go back there. Well, now you can because it's it's relevant content. The entire continent becomes relevant content constantly. And they have the same kind of uh, system implemented in the dungeons, right? Where it kind of equalizes everybody's level. Yeah, they don't. Uh, it's it's not like uh, like what was the first couple dungeons in, in Warlords of Drainer? I don't even remember. Like the earlier ones, you know, oh, like, like Skyreach. Yeah, like they're like, you know, the level one hundred to one hundred two dungeons. Like that doesn't exist in Legion. Like they you just can go into them and if you know your buddy has out leveled you a little bit quicker and he's five levels higher than you, it doesn't matter. He goes in there and he gets scaled gear, he's doing scaled damage, and uh everybody gets to play together. Yeah, and I'm most interested in the implications of those systems like so um hello train that's always an extra co-host on every show i do um the my main question my main uh excitement comes from what could they do with that right so um and i'd really like to see that system applied now i know everybody gets nervous when you talk about you know touching old world because Cataclysm end up being a little underwhelming in some people's opinions due to the fact that they had to go spend so much time revamping the old world and that now the old world really feels out of place because it's kind of stuck in this cataclysm mentality and we've come so far from then where the old stuff kind of felt timeless where it was always kind of wow but now 1 through 60 feels very much like cataclysm instead of uh, vanilla wow. So, but I would like to see them apply that technology, that scaling technology, to old expansions. So, let's say Vanilla WoW 
or classic or whatever you call it, people want to call it these days, everything scales from one to 60. Now, once you hit 60, if you want that content to no longer be relevant, then you stop the scale at 60. And then you go to Burning Crusade, right? And then everything scales from 60 to 70. And then 70 to 80, Wrath of the Lich King, and then 80 to 85, 85 to 90, you know, 90 to 100, so on and so forth. So that, because now when you're questing, it feels broken, where you, I know what happens to me, I don't know if it happens to you guys, where you're like, ah, I want to level a new tune, you know, you, you think back to the times you had fun leveling, and you just kind of want to be able to relax, you just kind of want to go through it, you know, complete a few quests, make a little gold, maybe get a tune to max level someday, but it feels broken, because while you want to be as powerful as you can with heirlooms, and you want to level a little quicker with heirlooms, um, but even without them, you outlevel the zone before you even get anywhere close in that zone to any way to exit it like you're not even close to the path that leads to the next zone before you have out leveled it so to me i think it would be more interesting that you could just kind of level through whatever and it just keeps scaling up with you and it all remains relevant and um i just think it's a it it would improve the leveling experience what do you guys think about that I think that the biggest thing with um, with being able to level up so quickly is that you don't really get to explore um, a lot of the zones and get the flight paths. And then you're kind of at a disadvantage when trying to go back and do other kind of content because then you have to run there. You know, you don't have the option to take the flight path there because you've never been there. You never got the flight path. Yeah, that's a, that's a very valid point. And what about you, Tim? What do you think about uh, old world zones being able to scale to you as you quest on new characters? I mean, yeah, it'd be, it's it's kind of a problem the way that it's very physically linear. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you do, say, Valley of Trials uh, as an orc, and then you go to uh, Duratar, and then you go to uh, Crossroads, because they're all next to each other, which, you know, they didn't do that in Legion. You're kind of in your base that you're instanced to, and you can fly to wherever, so it doesn't matter. So that's a little bit harder to do in some of the earlier expansions. Um, but it is completely true that, you know, even, even if you didn't have heirlooms, I, I would actually like to try this one day just to see how it goes. Like, you just cannot get through a zone all the way and, like, see the full storyline, which sucks because some of them have some really interesting storylines. But you, you, you just plow through it, and all of a sudden the quests are turning green and then gray, and it's like, well... I suppose I could keep doing this, but I'm not actually getting anything out of it, which kind of sucks. God forbid you touch a dungeon and quit and then level through two zones. Oh, there goes yeah, levels. you will. Yeah, I mean, if you do, anybody who's especially played a Death Knight, if you get a Death Knight and you you end a Death Knight like what fifty nine ish sixty or something like that, like you can go then like Q into. Hellfire Ramparts, and you will be, you'll be like 63 by the time you get out. That's just one run. Yep. Yeah, in one run, like you do the quest, like you get three quests, like to start off, and then you just plow through, and just from killing mobs and bosses in there and doing the quest, you'll you'll be like, again, a quarter through the entire expansion, running one dungeon. Yep. No, and that's and that's true, and it's sort of how you can only imagine how that must feel because they they've often said, and I really didn't want to get in this discussion on our first episode, but we've kind of naturally got there. They've already kind of said that everybody that's ever going to play WoW 
has probably played WoW. Because just to the pure number of accounts that has ever existed in World of Warcraft, right? Um, so now they focus more on returning players. But, you know, I've had one or two scenarios where I've gotten somebody I know that's never played WoW before to try it. And it's always such a jarring experience for them because to them, they should be able to, they should just quest to get max level, do a dungeon here or there. In their minds, it should take time but in fact it costs time not due to gaining progress but to actually finding where you can gain progress next because you've sort of fallen off of where you are and now you have to go and do this fact-finding mission to find out where you should be next instead of this natural progression from zone to zone and it's a really weird place that wow has ended itself in and it's questing um but you know it is it's just the way of things right now. You know, it, yeah, kinda, it caters to people that want to get to the end game content, but I feel like there should still be a way that you can kind of just enjoy that um, that original questing experience. They got to figure out a way to kind of like switch that on and off, I guess. Yeah, like you said, that 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 could be an entire like almost episode. You know, again, from a vanilla player standpoint, back in the day when they didn't have the breadcrumbs from one zone to another a lot of times it was it was that exact same problem it's like okay like i just finished this zone like where the hell do i go and nowadays it's kind of the same hilarious problem if you're brand new because obviously veteran players like us know okay i need to go here now but if you're newer you finish these quests and you you've blasted through them so fast you know you have to look for the quest that says okay now you need to go here and it does pop up. That's the thing. When you hit X level, it will pop up and say you need to go here. But I could see, obviously, from a new player standpoint, that would be very confusing when you're in the middle of a storyline and all of a sudden some dude's like, hey, you're needed over here now. Yeah, so. But uh, as far bring it back to current, current stuff. Legion next week. Raiding in about a month. Um, as far as our raid team concerned... Um, I don't think anybody at this table is changing mains. Uh, and I don't think in general across our current rating uh, spectrum, we have too many people changing mains, do we? No, there's not a whole lot. I think we Maybe have... Maybe specs. I think we have a couple spec swaps. We have one potential class switch, and we have a Death Knight switch. And I think... Not Death Knight. Demon Hunter switch. And I think that's about it. Um, you know, I wish I had we had some more of the team members on, which... If all goes well, you guys will hear other voices on this show from time to time, you know, because we record after every Friday raid. So I'm hoping to, you know, eventually bring in more people to talk about um, what they're doing. So I wish I had some more opinions on this question, but I just kind of am curious how many people are actually um, changing mains. Now, you are switching from Prot to Ret, Marcus. Now, what was your reasoning behind that? Are you just not happy with, with where Prot um, From what I can see... Good. You know, um, they, they they really crippled our uh, our self healing. Um, it, it's kind of a, a night and day situation with myself and our other tank Timmy here. Um, we kind of swapped the roles. He's doing all the healing, and I'm doing all the dying. So uh, I, I'm just it's, it, it's rough. Are you worried about? I mean, are you? Do you think that uh, your artifact could have alleviated that issue for you? Have you looked at any of the um, information coming out of Beto and? On protection paladins? 
I've looked at a couple of the um, a couple of the talent abilities that you can get in there, and um, it looks like there's a couple of uh, different absorption options. Um, there's a couple of different utility in there, um, as far as like the main ability you can use. Um, I'm just it feels really clunky too without the holy power now. I thought I would have liked without holy power, but it just it feels weird. Like I feel like I'm just pressing buttons for for no reason. Well, that's the way it used to be before paladins were given holy power, and they're just mana. I'm just spamming things and hoping that uh, my uh, mitigation works. So I mean, if I mean, but it's is it is it not uh, you you're growing tired of the role, but so more is it more you're tired of the role or you're not happy with your current uh, spec. Um, I'd say a little bit of both. Um, I did. I have tanked for uh, uh, for a long time, um, and also, you know, the spec is not exactly where I wanted it to be. Uh, another big factor is, you know, the whole Ashbringer thing. I think that's awesome, and uh, I like. I really like the way Rhett works now. Okay. I remember um, when Rhett was really bad, like in Pandaria. There was um, I was looking in the forums and trying to figure stuff out, and this guy's talking about um, the whole cleaving judgment situation. And that's exactly what we got, and I just really like the way that works with the AoE. Really enhance our AoE. Yeah, no, it, can I say how unfair it is that uh, Paladin, Retribution Paladins get Ashbringer? Like, can I just make that very clear? That it feels like uh, they had the idea for giving Paladins Ashbringer. Like, they're like, alright, we want to give players legendary weapons. I'm sure every class and spec has a legendary weapon. Yeah, Rep Paladins have Ashbringer. Now what do we give everybody else? Like it's like really one of those situations. Uh, How do you top the best sword in the world? So I mean, yeah, it is. It's cool that you guys get Ashbringer. It it really is. Um, what about you, Tim? How are you feeling about where uh, your spec is sitting? Where uh, about your artifacts and what it does for you? Um, kind of where do you feel like you are going into Legion? And we'll revisit this when we hit that first. Um, raid week of, of Legion, of course. Yeah, it's funny. Well, because right now, obviously, people are, are saying that protection warriors are now ridiculous. We went from... I, I felt like I was easily the squishiest I've ever been as a tank this expansion. Uh, they took away a lot of our dodge and parry and uh, just not any way to heal. And so I just felt like, you know, if you, you miss a shield block proc, at the wrong time like that's it you get you get obliterated and um you know now that they just they changed one thing around they changed shield barrier to ignore pain and made it not suck and all of a sudden and gave us that inspiring presence thing and then all of a sudden oh look i have this massive shield i can put on myself at all times and also heal the raid which i didn't even see that coming whatsoever um so yeah, I mean, as you guys know, like I was, I had a couple alts ready to go. Like when Legion content started to come out, like I was still gonna be the tank, but I was like, I, I don't know if they, if this doesn't get fixed, I'm done. Like I'm done for playing Warrior for an expansion, which I wasn't happy about, but you know, sometimes you gotta do that. Yeah. So what about your? Uh, have you looked at your artifact uh, abilities and traits and all that stuff? Are you kind of excited about what that's gonna bring to the table for you? Yeah, the the artifact is is kind of cool. I mean, again, it's it's Deathwing scale basically. It the power is nothing too amazing. It just kind of like you raise your shield and it breathes fire, which is you know another AOE ability. Um, 
But hilariously enough, I, everybody keeps saying Ignore Pain is so brokenly good. Um, there, I mean, there's the first thing that that shield does is make it more powerful. And then there's, you know, traits down the line that make it even more powerful. And I'm like, well, either you're going to really, really need this come rating content or this is just going to be dumb. No, I'm right there with you. Um, as far as I go, Fury feels in a pretty cool place right now. Um, it kind of feels like a jack of all trades kind of spec where I have a decent to moderate, you know, um, sustained damage, burst damage, AOE damage, single target damage, but master of none. Like I'm not the best at single target burst. I'm not the best at AOE burst, but I can perform moderately well on all of them. And that's awesome. I like that. Um, some things I'm missing, like the spec feels a little more empty, um, than it used to, uh, without the, the wild strikes. Like at first I didn't care for wild strikes, but now that they're gone, like it, it's really slowed the rotation down. Um, at least at this current point in time, uh, I don't necessarily, um, care for, uh, like I kind of miss the whole talent switching thing, but that's a, that's a, um, general, uh, sort of like mechanics thing instead of just a fury, specific thing like the fact that you know it's much more expensive and time consuming to switch talents between pulls um because i was i had to switch talents between even some trash pulls before this happened and i really like that like i i had abilities i could switch in and out um depending on the situation and now it feels more like you know this is it feels more cookie cutter than it did before um looking at my artifacts they're not the most spectacularly um amazing as far as uh, connections to lore and their their new weapons based on um, Helia, Helheim, and um, basically Valhalla, uh, and it is kind of like these. Um, what are they called again? Oh man, I don't remember. I if I I looked at it before raid, I don't I don't have that information in front of me right now. Um, but uh, they it provides a new ability right off the bat that looks like it's going to fit in pretty well and um, some of my, you know, kind of to speed the rotation up a little bit, there's some, some cool stuff in there as far as, um, you know, uh, crit chances and doing this, that, and the third. Uh, another thing that I really am kind of disturbed with where Fury is, like, that you're made to believe that the whole enrage you, you take more damage thing isn't going to be an incredible deal but it really can be and it has been in this raid tier where i've come close to dying <laughs> as opposed to other members in the raid where the boss will do a mad burst aoe or a mechanic will get partially failed while i'm enraged and the raid might go down uh 25 but i'm almost half health because I'm taking 20% increased damage and or 30% increased damage unless I talent and make it 20. Um, so it is, you know, it does if it does feel kind of punishing, um, but it and it does kind of make soloing uh, old content a little bit harder, especially when your game is to burst a boss before its mechanics kill you. But now all of a sudden you're taking 20%, uh, you know, increased damage from your highest uh, boost your consistent damage so i mean um i have no intention of changing mains uh i've kind of been kind of stubborn about fury uh probably since then to miss the pandaria like i've uh even when arms has been mathematically and practically more feasible than fury 
Uh, I've kind of stuck with Fury. And long story short, that is my uh, fantasy role-playing archetype, the biggest, baddest mofo. And you don't get any bigger and badder than a Fury Warrior because <laughs> you're dual-wielding two big-ass weapons. So it is... Um, that's the life, man. That's where I'm at. So uh, my next question is, uh, what about professions? Uh, how much have you guys really looked into professions? I know you mentioned professions earlier, uh, Marcus, about the uh, the ability to switch between professions and do this. Um, your primary professions that your characters are currently in right now, how do you feel about where they stand? Will you be doing a lot of switching? Do you uh, the world quests are evolving your profession? Like, do you? How do you guys just in general feel about professions going into Legion? We'll start with Tim this time. Uh, I actually have not looked much into professions into what they do. Uh, right now, my warrior is a jewel crafter. I think I'm one of the only ones in the guild because I know I've been making uh, gems the whole expansion every time anybody gets something with a gem slot. Um, but I have not really looked at too much into what to do. I mean, I figure it's not going to be too complicated. You mine and make gems. Um, other than that, I know I was saying earlier that, uh, you know, I, I did see the pro tip that you should look and see where your profession quest is before you go on your artifact weapon. Uh, so you can get that out of the way, like right away, which is actually a great pro tip because if you pick one zone and all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, my profession quest is way over there like that even though they zone you know they, they scale it's still kind of a pain because you're not questing in that area correct uh Banyu, what about you how do you feel about your current professions and professions going into legion well i haven't really looked at um uh, i'm a blacksmith and miner um, i haven't really looked at too much of um the stuff for blacksmithing yet um now as everybody knows who's grinding professions it's not fun I've never really done any other profession besides blacksmithing and mining, and I think it's uh, it's kind of nice that I'll be able to um, to catch up with the other professions rather quickly, and then yet still retain uh, my blacksmithing recipes um, if I do decide to go back to blacksmithing. Um, I saw that uh, blacksmithing uh, is actually going to have a corehound mount, a crafted corehound mount, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's the first time blacksmithing's got uh, a mount, I think. Um, it's pretty cool. Now, um, Vathus Rune. Let's talk about Vathus Rune or Vanthus Runes. Because uh, it seemed like in a pretty quick turnaround, it was, well, glyphs are gone for in, uh, scribes. Uh, what's the real point of having scribes? And then there was the Vathus Rune. Um, revelation, if you will. And I know what's, like, you know, what are Vathus Runes? Vathus Runes are a one per character per week you use it, it's consumable that gives you um, a thousand versatility for that boss for the week and there is an individual Vanthus rune for each or Vanthus, I don't know which way, I'm, I don't know if I'm saying it right or not um, for each boss in any given tier so uh, you know, the first boss in Emerald Nightmare, now you probably won't use it on that one, but still um, a scribe creates it you use it, you get a thousand versatility. And I think that's really useful for um, a guild like ours, where we are necessarily bleeding and progression, but we're not necessarily waiting for everything to be on farm before we kill things. Um, it would it kind of help on bosses. Like, could you imagine if we had these things when we were really struggling with the kill rock? 
Like, uh, oh, those are really beautiful. Where just everybody, you know, for this week, we're really stuck on this. We're really going to sink the some funds into it, and everybody's going to have ten percent increased everything for the week um, on this boss. I really think uh, that'd be helpful. Now, it does have some um, negative implications for Mythic raiders. Now, I don't know if it, they work in Mythic. I haven't really looked into it, um, but I do know inscriptionists need to kill a boss to unlock that recipe for that rune. Now, I don't know if you can kill it on LFR and get it for all the difficulties, but I know it's probably feasible for you to kill it on normal and then have it to use on heroic. Um, not in the same lockout, of course, because they share lockouts. But um, what it really means is that you'll either have to buy it from somebody who's killed it and have it on farm, pug your scribe into something to make them, or uh, not use it. Is essentially uh, basically how that's going to work. Um, how do you guys feel about this as a mechanic, uh, Tim? Uh, it, it, in one hand, yeah, it does seem kind of nice because it's like if you're stuck on one boss, you can you can use them uh, to help out. Because as we were saying earlier, we we always have this pattern when we're doing normal at start. We you do a couple bosses, and you'd almost. I mean, how many bosses at the start of a raid would we one-shot? Not even, maybe not one-shot, but we'd kill them the first night. And then you'd hit that one guy, and it's like, oh, crap. And then you'd spend weeks on it. So it would be nice to get some sort of boost to be able to do it. Um, although, yeah, I don't know exactly how that works, that if we're trying to do it on heroic, can you go kill it on normal? And, you know, really easy, and get the uh, get the recipe for it? And, you know, there is LFR, but LFR is opening up on an extremely staggered raid schedule, as it has in the past. Um, so you might even be way further than that boss than, you know, LFR doesn't open for another month for that boss. So uh, it, it will be interesting to see it. And I, I guarantee if, if you really do need, like, to get it for a heroic boss... And you have to kill the heroic boss first. It, those things are going to be astronomically expensive um, from guilds doing faster progression, you know, selling those things. And I mean, go ahead. Um, from what I can see, um, because it is a profession, um, and they've kind of augmented their professions in a way that, like, when you create things like that, like the Vanthus Rune, eventually you'll be able to, like, improve it. And it'll cost you less mats to create that item. So um, I can see in the long run, it's in a, the price is going to go down for those. It's not always going to be so really um, expensive because they'll be able to make them easier as they get uh, more kills. In. That's, I mean, that's fair. Um, but, it, I mean, it does have, I mean, even beyond the economic implications of it, uh, it has others like you can't will uh like your uh your log sites so like your sites that report the top 10 logs for a fight are they going to start filtering out people that have a vathis run on because if not you need that 10 percent to pad your logs or do whatever thing is that you like doing um you know it kind of i think dps is in a cool place within raids or at least dps and healers um i think friendly competition um meter chasing within a, a particular you know within your own raid team while it shouldn't be your primary focus it is a fun friendly competition between you and your 
your raid team, right, to chase that meter, then does that result in maybe somebody, say, in an early fight when they can, you know, burst a lot of damage in a stage because of their class abilities, they say, hey, you know, I'm going to go ahead and pop this Vanthus rune so I can, I can chum them out, you know, without realizing that somebody maybe intends for the raid to use it on a later boss or or get further than you wanted to, or, like, I don't know, I just think in general, um, the overwhelming power of it kind of makes, puts it in a real weird place, um, in multiple situations. Um, do you guys foresee any issues with the using and gaining of these things? Yeah, I can definitely see problems, um, with pugs, uh, you know, your famous pickup group. Well, um, whether or not you can use them in a pug or if it has to be just like a raid group. Well, I don't think a pug, like, cause so like the, the bonus is individual. So if I'm in a pug and I use mine, it has no bearing on whether everyone else uses theirs whatsoever. Um, but what I can see happening is, uh, in that, that group finder tool, I can see a lot of looking for DPS, this boss must have Vathis Rune available. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I totally see that coming. Uh, see, I thought it was like the ring situation where you use it and then like everybody that has one, or, like it goes off for them. No, the way I understand it, it's an individual buff. So if we want everyone to have that buff for a fight that we're struggling on, that means we have to provide a copy of that rune to everyone in the raid team. Yeah, okay. and that's why I say it's going to be, it could be really expensive because there's going to be that boss that is a pain in the butt uh, during progression or even just the last boss. And, you know, people are going to want to use them all the time. And for pugging, I could see group sayings like, you know, in just saying current content, which is current for a couple more days, you know. Looking for group, you know, looking for more Archimond must have Archimond Rune or GTFO. Pretty much. And if those things are like super expensive and you don't have a guildmate to make them, you know, that could really screw people over. Mm hmm. But at the same it'll definitely be an interesting mechanic. No, it's, it, it I believe it's going to bring, uh, Make it interesting for sure. I'm definitely not arguing that. Um, and my last question of the night. This is a real kind of metatextual question. We're getting ready to go into a new expansion. And the hype's always there up front. Like, everybody wants to focus on the amazing thing they're excited about coming up. All right? But when you look back at each uh, decade or era. I don't want to say decade because that's not the right term. But to each expansion or era in WoW's history... Uh, you find yourself thinking of the one thing, the one negative thing that kind of marred that expansion. So, like, if you go with uh, Burning Crusade, it was a shitty tiered raid system. Then Wrath of Lich King, it was the uh, epic palooza and having to run every raid twice a week. Um, Cataclysm was probably uh, its... Um, I don't know, probably like content drought and lack of in-game content. And then the same goes for uh, Mist of Pandaria along with uh, like all the dailies you had to do at the start of that expansion. Like it was, oh my God. It was absurd, the amount of dailies you had to do for those profession grinds. And oh my then, God, yeah. And then Draenor for the huge content drought and 
uh, extreme lack of in-game content uh, and just sitting in your garrison all day. So, um, if we were to predict, and now I know this is a really hard question, but it's mostly because um, if we make it as far as the end of Legion with this show, I really want to revisit this question um, and see what we think now. What Legion will be remembered for? What um, what we really end up disliking Legion for? And not to say that we will look back on Legion um, unfavorably, but even some of the best expansions or quote unquote best expansions um, that people say have things that we look back and hate about them, including things like Burning Crusade and Wrath of the Lich King, which we're revisiting a lot of for this expansion. Um, so that's that's kind of my question. Um, Tim, what do you think? Uh, I have a feeling that people at the end are going to be really is as cool as the concept of the artifact weapon is and you never have to upgrade your weapon. You don't have to worry about weapon drops, especially uh, classes like warriors where a weapon is extremely important uh, that you have your weapons upgraded and you don't have to worry about that. You get it. Uh, you do need to get um, the, uh, I forgot what they're called, the things you slot in and uh, to make them more powerful. The relics. Uh, I do think that by the end of the expansion, people will be a little burned out on, I've had this damn weapon the entire time. Because I know for a fact that Every raid tier, you look at stuff, he's like, oh my god, look at that shield. That shield's amazing. Look at that weapon. That weapon's amazing. And we now have probably two years of, like, that's over with. Like, the shield the, the shield and sword I get on Tuesday or Monday night, however you want to look at it, that's it. That's what I got for two years now. I mean, granted, you can kind of change the appearance of them, but I can kind of, I definitely see where it's going to get boring. Yeah, the the excitement of holy shit! I just got a new weapon or a new shield. Like that's that's gone. Like that's not happening for a while. Um, so that is kind of a bummer. You know, you do get the the things that you slot in, like I said, that make it more powerful. But it, it's I just don't feel like that's going to be quite as exciting uh, as actually getting real weapon drops. All right, what about you, Marcus? Uh, I think that the most um like complained about thing is going to be uh, you know Rep Paladin just like in uh, in Wrath everybody hated him in PvP because they wrecked everything but it's going to be like that again and then they're going to nerf us to the ground so you're you're you think the long lasting complaint for Legion will be Rep Paladins oh yeah because we have Ashbringer everybody's going to complain that we have it alright that's a fair assumption um I you know all right so they've said that like they don't they're not trying to keep to the same expansion cycle anymore they want to just worry about keeping uh, enough content flowing okay I think um, because Blizzard's often one to overcorrect okay they see a problem they address the problem but they often do it by overcorrecting so I'm gonna go out on a limb and I'm gonna say Legion's probably gonna be one of the longest expansions we ever have and. I think it's going to go entirely too long before we get, you know, that cool new... Because expansions come with new features, new class, new race, you know, new zones. Um, even if we do get some zones and patches or raids and patches, it's not the same as, like, a whole new thing to experience, right? And I think that uh, while we might not have the same year-and-a-half kind of content droughts in Legion... If they fulfill their promise, I'm going to limb and say Legion's just going to be long as shit 
Like, I mean, it may be a three-year expansion, you know? Um, and that's my guess. What do you guys think on that? I, th- I think that that's uh, that's highly likely. And you got to look at, like, how do you top Ashbringer and Doomhammer? Like, like what are they going to make up a, a weapon that's better than that to give to Paladins and, and Shamans? Like, what, what are they going to do? Where are they going to go from there? What do you think, Tim? Yeah, I mean, they... I, I, I mean, I, I, I realize that they have to be realizing at this point from a business standpoint, they cannot have another expansion that has a year plus of content around at the end. Like, they just... Like, WoW is really not going to survive another one of those. But, yeah, you're right. They always overcorrect. So we could be looking at one of these things where, like, the last patch comes in and it's almost pre-patch time. It's like, oh, shit, we have, like, six months to completely clear this now on Heroic uh, before the new expansion hits. Um, So I don't know. They, they, They seem pretty serious. I mean, they have a raid schedule already going all the way to um i'm looking at the thing here the schedule like i think it's late october that raid finder finally is fully open it's almost november before raid finders all the way open um so i think the next raid may not even like be starting this year and then they have that Karazan like kind of mini patch and i think they've said there's maybe three tiers of actual rating so um i don't know i i hope they fulfill the promise i really don't want to see giant dead zones of of raid content again but yeah i could see i could see that point where they they go way too far and uh it's like okay i'm ready for a new expansion now i'm kind of tired of broken aisles yeah we're like i'm thinking like the last patch of legion could be like 7.8 or something crazy like that, you know? Where we're just okay, all right, maybe just where's when's 8.0? Let's still let's... didn't kill Sargeras, what? Yeah, so uh, you know, that's that's just kind of where I wanted to bring it. But we can go ahead and uh wrap up the show before I bring up the beautiful, beautiful ska music that uh those that know me are so fond of. Um you can find us in game, that's Spaceballs the Guild on Terralian US, uh, you can hit up any of us there. If you want to come hang out or raid with us, uh, just find us there. You can send an email into the show. Now, I would like to answer as many emails as possible on the show, so send them in. Right now, the current um, temporary email address is podcast at therpgshow.com. Just put raid call in the subject line. Um, I read everything that comes into that account anyway, but um, that way I can just categorize them and save them into a folder for later. But um, let's just pull up the beautiful, beautiful sky music. All right. Like I said, um, you can send us an email, podcast at therpgshow.com. Put raid call in the tagline. No Facebook or Twitter yet, but I'm sure I will work on that. Um, Please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Each one counts, and we love you for it. Um, you can visit our home on the web at therpgshow.com. Um, there's a link right there for a raid call there. You can also go to our forums on that website, and I will have a sub-discussion thing channel thread for this show. Uh, you can see all our other shows there. The RPG Show, the RPG Show Presents, Video Games, the Movie, all that jazz. I don't think I have anything else interesting to say. Until next time, say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.
Goodbye, and it's Legion time.